0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to ModPath Chat, the official podcast of Modern Pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Netto, is the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Pathology and the Chair of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Netto. Welcome to a special episode of ModPass Chat. On behalf of our editorial team, I wish all of you a prosperous and a very happy new year. In 2021, Modern Pathology had another exceptional year. The journal was awarded its highest impact factor to date of 7.8. To the hundreds of dedicated reviewers and all talented authors who made this possible, a big thank you. This year, we received close to a thousand submissions from 50 countries. I would like to congratulate the authors of all 190 manuscripts that we published for the quality of their work and for their commitment to our journal. I've chosen few of the highest cited manuscripts of the year to discuss briefly in today's special episode. We'll start with the study by Dr. Richard Huang and co-authors who undertook a pan-cancer analysis of predictive markers for immune checkpoint inhibitor response. The over 48,000 cases in the study were all analyzed at Foundation Medicine between 2016 and 2019. The authors examined the prevalence of PDL1 expression by IHC in a wide variety of tumors. This was in turn compared to microsatellite instability or MSI, to tumor mutational burden, TMB, and to PDL1 gene amplification. The IHC clones Used were the DECO22C3 and the Ventana SP142. Tumor proportion score, or TPS, and combined positive score, CPS, were calculated for the DECO clone. TMB and gene amplification status were obtained from comprehensive genomic profiling. PDL1 IHC positivity was defined by the companion diagnostic indication or using a TPS cutoff of one or more for indications that did not have a companion diagnostic claim. TMB positivity was defined as the presence of 10 mutations or more per megabase. Overall, 50% of the cases were positive for at least one predictive marker. PD-L1 expression was more frequent in immune cells than in tumor cells. The authors found a high correlation between PDL1 expression and PDL1 gene amplification. That wasn't surprising. But they also found correlation between PDL1 expression and TMB status and between MSI and TMB status. As expected, PDL1 and TMB positivity were not completely overlapping. And four unique subsets of both PDL1 and TMB being negative, or PDL1 and TMB being positive, or one positive and one negative, were found with varying prevalences among tumor types. The authors specifically point to the importance of assessing the subset of tumors that were positive for both PDL1 and TMB positive in future clinical trials hoping that they could be more responsive to ICI. Next, I would discuss one of two white papers that were put forward this year by the Genito-Urinary Pathology Society, or GUPS, in relation to renal tumors. The manuscript by first co-authors with equal contributions, Dr. Strupkov, Williamson, and Jill, presents an update on novel, emerging, and provisional renal entities that came into play after the 2016 WHO classification. Entities characterized by specific molecular alterations that are often associated with certain morphologic and immunohistochemical profiles were highlighted in the paper. Potential implications on clinical management, including response to targeted therapy or uh, hereditary syndromic associations were also discussed. To qualify as a novel entity, the newcomer needed to be validated by multiple independent studies. These novel tumors included eosinophilic solid and cystic renal cell carcinoma, esc RCC, renal cell carcinoma with fibromyomatous stroma, and ALK rearrangement-associated renal cell carcinoma. Emerging entities, and these are the ones with compelling data from at least two or more independent studies, included eosinophilic vacuolated tumor, uh, referred to as EVT, the term replaces the previous unfortunate term of HOT or hot which indicates high grade oncocytic tumor a designation that is not adequate for a non-aggressive tumor Another listed emerging entity is thyroid like follicular RCC Clearly I refer you to the manuscript for a detailed description of the various entities including some provisional ones like Entity named Low Grade Oncocytic Tumors or LOT or LOT. Finally, I would like to disclose that I was one of the long list of co authors on the manuscript. Moving on to another highly cited paper in 2021 the study by Dr. Boris Janssen and co authors on behalf of uh, the International Study Group of Pancreatic Pathologists. The study presents the Amsterdam International Consensus on Tumor Response Score, or TRS, post-adjuvant therapy and resected pancreatic cancer. While everyone agrees on the potential of tumor response score as a prognosticator and as a guide for subsequent adjuvant therapy, authors differ on which TRS scoring system represents the best practice. Consensus, and here it's defined as agreement among experts that was 80% or more, was reached on seven statements. I'll mention a few of these. TRS provides added information beyond other histopathologic descriptors. TRS should assess residual viable tumor burden rather than the amount of tumor regression. Those everyone agreed upon. In that regard, the CAP scoring system, College of American Pathologists Scoring System, was considered the most adequate system to date. But the criteria for the various categories within the CAP scoring system should be refined by replacing subjective terms such as minimal or extensive with better objective criteria. For example, Terms as single cells or rare small groups of cancer cells should be replaced by maximum diameter of viable tumor measured in millimeter or maximum viable tumor area measured in square millimeters. Finally, the group recommended that such improved system should be validated both retrospectively and prospectively, and that the extent of tissue sampling that is required should be explored in future study, give, given the heterogeneity of tumor response in a given tumor. Switching gears to another highly cited manuscript, namely the study by Dr. Wooter Bolton and co-authors on the role of artificial intelligence assistance in improving the performance of pathologists Gleason grading practice. To address the important question of whether integrating the pathologist's expertise with a feedback from an AI system would result in a synergy that outperform either alone, the study included 14 observers who graded 160 prostate biopsies with and without AI assistance. Using AI assistance, the agreements of the observers with an expert reference standards was significantly increased. Similar improvement was observed using an external validation set of almost 90 cases. Importantly, in both experiments, AI assistant pathologists outperformed the unassistant pathologist, as well as the standalone AI system, indeed indicating a synergy. That's what we all wanted to hear for the sake of our future job security. The last highly cited study that I chose to discuss is authored by Dr. Cedric Young Ang and a distinguished group of co-authors from Singapore. The study evaluated the genetic differences between benign phylloidase tumor and fibroadenomas using targeted 16 gene NGS panel. 628 fibroepithelial breast neoplasms contributed by the International Fibroepithelial Consortium were assessed. The lesions included 262 conventional fibroadenomas. 45 cellular fibroadenomas, and a group of 321 benign phylloidus tumors. Compared to fibroadenomas, benign phylloidase tumors had a higher total number of mutations and higher rates of cancer driver gene mutations. These included alterations in MED12, third promoter, RARA, SETD2, and RB1, among others. There was no significant differences in genetic alterations between conventional fibroadenomas and cellular fibroadenomas, except for a minor difference in the incidence of PIK3CA and MAP3K1. If you're looking for help in distinguishing fibroadenomas, especially cellular fibroadenomas, from benign phylloides tumors, third promoter is the marker of choice. The study affirms the role of sequencing and resolving difficult fibroephtherial tumors of the breast. Great pleasure to have you as my audience at Modpath, Chat this year. I wish you all and your loved one a most blessed and safe holiday season and a wonderful upcoming new year. Cheers.